Okay, let me get going on the old Wikipedia. So the movie that you mentioned earlier that's really high on my list is a movie that when you start, first started watching the movie, you think this is the cheesiest, most low-budget, cheap, horror movie, and you're thinking, how is this ever going to scare me? Um, there's some real weird scenes in it, and it takes place at a summer camp where the there's the summer camp head of the summer camp and some pervert who's flirting with like twelve year old girls or fourteen year old girls. The cook is in it is laughs and thinks it's funny. There's some real surreal scenes where you're like, is this a movie from a different decade or is this like a different universe? It's just kind of it's kind of weird. But when it settles in about halfway through, it grips you until it culminates into what I consider the most shocking ending that I've ever seen in a horror movie, which what you mentioned before, Sleepaway Camp. Um, the beginning is 1983. The beginning of the movie starts off, uh, the, the person who plays the mom, first of all, there's two kids that they're killed, a uh, daughter and a son. Uh, one of them is killed, there's, there's two kids. One is killed, you see a daughter, a mother, dressing her, she's got a dress, she's got her hair, the mother's playing with her makeup and stuff. The mother is the first creepy part about the movie. She is extremely skinny, extremely bony, looks like someone that's been through a horrible traumatic experience and basically refuses to eat and doesn't sleep. Uh, very well, uh, that, that character is great, but some of the other characters in the movie are just really not developed too well, and some of the writing here, again, during the course the movie you're like eh, is this good is it not good an interesting uh, fact the director the writer and director Robert Hiltzik did this movie never did another movie again he did this movie and retired from movie making became a prominent New York lawyer huh. uh, and they have tried they did some sequels to this movie and they did some uh, I'm not sure if they've already done remakes or they're going to do them but this is something that I remember going to the, the movie uh, the VHS movie store was big deal when you're a kid. Yeah. People, of course, remember Blockbuster to get discs, to get uh, DVDs. It was so huge going to the VHS store, of the movie store, movie, whatever. I forget if there was a specific name for it, but um, nobody said VHS back in the day. Everyone thought when VHS came out, everyone thought that's just the way these are going to be done until DVDs came out. I remember going to the, uh, to the movie store when I was uh, 13, maybe 12 years old, 13, and I had some friends over, and it was after the last game in the summer. It was 1987, a few years after the movie came out, and a bunch of my friends came over for a big sleepover. There must have been like five other kids. Wow. And we started off the night watching Eddie Murphy's Raw, laughed our nice. freaking asses off, absolutely loved it. My dad was sitting there watching the movie with us. He loved it. He cracked up. Then we watched Sleepaway Camp, and the mood of the room completely changed. Yeah. Um, and it, it was nighttime. I lived on a lake. I lived out in the woods, which didn't help watching Friday the 13th, any of these movies. Right. Um, I, I talked about that when I talked about the Amityville Horror in our 70s list. But anyway, I'm not going to give away the ending, but I will say this. It is, it will be etched in your brain. And DM, you and I, we watched this movie together. It wasn't the first time we had seen it. I want to say like 2007. It was when I lived with uh, A&A. 
uh, back in the day. Double A. And you, you came over to my place and we watched that. And we sat there and it was as good as the first time I had watched it, yeah. which was 1987. The ending, we just sat there and it was just like, oh my God. Um, so fucked up. That's a, yeah, that's as much as I'm going to say about it. I, I really don't want to give away anything else. I highly recommend sit through the whole damn movie. It may yeah. be like 20 minutes in and you're like, this can't, this thing isn't very good. It's sit through the, you will right. think for yourself when you get done with it and it becomes one of the best horror movies you've ever seen. Okay. So that is number 10. I, I obviously somehow skipped number nine, didn't include it. So let's go to number eight. Uh, DM, what is your, we're in the top 10 now. What is your number eight favorite horror movie for the 1980s? Well, I flipped it, and uh, I'm going to have to say, well, they, okay, my, I, the way I did the, the numbering, uh, it's not a matter of that I like something more and this and that. Um, I just made a list, but uh, I'd have to say The Hitcher, too, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite thriller horror movies, because uh, Rudger Hauer is a freak, and uh, he's an amazing actor, character actor. And uh, I just loved it, like, uh, just suspenseful, you know, this guy's fucking running around hitchhiking, and he's preying on people, and he literally, like, kills, he kills the whole hitchhiking experience, you know, if you're watching this, like, oh my god, like, as a nut, that's exactly what happened, you know, just, everything they say about horror, you know, never picking up a hitchhiker, that guy fucking emulates it. So I love it, Hitcher. You already said something about it, so you know I'm good. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. We're getting into number my number eight. This was probably the most underrated and unseen movie because my next seven movies after this, I think everyone that they're popular, they're scary, they're classics. Maybe except for my number six selection. Number eight is a kind of unknown horror movie that is so far up on my list, and I must have seen this movie 20 times. I've seen it recently, it's still awesome. It's called Hell Night. 1981, made by Tom DeSimone. Um, I know that some of the people that work on this movie, the guy who directed Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile and The Mist is some sort of cinematographer on this movie. Uh, there's some great people that work on it. Peter Barton, who was in Friday the 13th Part 4, stars in this movie. The main star, of course, is Linda Blair. Uh, she plays a teenage. This is basically people going into a sorority. They have to stay in this abandoned mansion overnight. Um, and things happen to them, obviously. There's a history to the house, a crazy family, a bunch of people were killed. By the way, people don't think that a a big mansion can be abandoned. My hometown where I grew up in, in Sturbridge, Massachusetts, we used to go to this abandoned, when I was in high school, we'd go to this abandoned mansion to, to hang out, get high, maybe bring some girls or something like that after school. And it, I guess it belonged to a drug dealer who abandoned the mansion. The story is, is that the feds were on to him. They were closing in on him. He got a word from a... Uh, from a corrupt cop to get out of there, and he just up and left and went to South America uh, in the 1970s. So in the late 80s and early 90s, well, most, mostly the 90s, we went to this abandoned mansion and walked all the way up and down. There was an old swimming pool in the back, wow. and it was so cool to go through this entire mansion 
and um, there's old record co uh, covers from the 1970s lying over. There's some things that the guy left behind, and you could tell people had gone into this mansion and party hung up. So this to me is completely believable, um, even though it's a very well manicured uh, sort of maze to get to the mansion. I can't say enough about this. Um, it is a total movie fraught with all kinds of suspenseful scenes. Um, great soundtrack. Uh, let me see if there's anybody else. It, it's this great gothic old house that they use for this, this tremendously high gate. Um, if you remember the guy from Eight is Enough, uh, Dick Van Patten, oh, no, the old father. Too. Great actor. Yeah, his, his son, Vincent Van Patten, is in this, and he's damn good. Huh. I don't know why I didn't end up hearing about him too much more about after this movie, but he's fantastic. Um, the the There's this great, too, the, the, one of the other main cast members is this British girl who I, I actually looked her up on IMBD. She didn't do a damn thing. I think she went back to England after this movie. Huh. And left L.A., uh, Suki, Suki Goodwin uh, plays Denise Dunsmore. She's great, too. Um, nothing but, like, kids getting high and drinking. There's uh, there's some really good special effects in this movie. Uh, because it's made in the mansion, uh, there's a great, of course, main character is the killer. And by the way, there is a little bit of a whodunit to this. So as you're going through this, as you get to the very end, you realize that you didn't know who was doing the killings, really. And it does specify, but not till the very end. I, again, this is such a tremendous, atmospheric, great cinematography movie that really sets up. It's about as good. You're talking about an old haunted house that's not really haunted, um, or at least not by dead spirits. Um, this is about as good as it gets. Um, from beginning to end, I remember seeing this movie again, VHS style. We got it from the from the from the movie store. My whole family, my mom, my dad, me. We sat down and watched it on a summer night, maybe when I was nine, ten years old. All of us, even my parents, were gripped to the movie and, and were just like, "Wow!" and just like on the edge of our seats during the whole movie. Nice. I believe you can see it for free on YouTube. You gotta see it. if you are a horror movie fan, you have to watch this movie. You have to, and that's all I have to say about it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, let's go on to number seven. What is your number seven selection? Very uh, horror movie. A, uh, Evil Dead Two. Excellent. This it's classic. Um, it's it's like it's. I would put it also. It's a great horror movie. Um, I like it's scary, but then like, and I like the special effects. Uh, I like the cinematography. It's uh, it's it's low budget, but it's great because it's like you, you it would be ruined if you you made this like a, you know over the top high budget movie. Great um, Sam Raimi's classic Bruce Campbell. Uh, just great story. Um, it was like my first exposure to the Necronomicon. Spoiler alert! That's in the movie of the book. That's a that's a H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, reference uh, the way the demons look, you know. Spoiler alert! Uh, classic. Uh, the voice, you know, the voice changing of the demons. The small house in the cabin or uh, in the middle of the woods. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, it's classic where he's like, 
I love it because uh, the main character, like, he, he snaps the fuck out and attaches a fucking chainsaw to his arm and, uh, you know, gets a shotgun. And it's so over the top. I love it. Um, but the the scene where the how they film the demon, how it comes alive, and how they you know they film it from its perspective, and how they the the how they scored the sound was like new to me. Like it was a it was it was exactly how you know I, I felt there was a, if if there was demons or how they sounded if they spoke. That's exactly how uh, I am. I would imagine them just real off. You know like tonally just deep and just just sounds like a record you know like a, a uh, like a slowed down record when you had back in the day yes um, good, good comparison i mean it's just great special effects and like just like creative as fuck and like they had a lot of issues with it um you know it's 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 funny because there's the previous one it's the same exact story this and that but it's like they got just a little more money in the budget so they could, you know, kind of expand a little more. But, like, um, and it became a huge franchise. Uh, and then it's, like, also a TV show came out a couple years ago, um, Ash. Um, but, yeah, I just, you can't say enough. I mean, it's just, like, uh <sighs> It's just a good movie. The 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 when they get cut off, uh, it's I think they use, I want to say they use a bit of claymation, or they yes, use, like there's all these different effects they use in different different uh, styles in it, and uh, it just it's just great. Like it takes place in Michigan where he's from. He's a big Michiganer, uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Bruce Campbell. Um, I, I don't know. It's just great. I don't have any. I don't know what else to say. It just it's just you know, it's yeah. one of those movies, and it's one of those horror movies though too. That it's also regarded as a great. Uh, it's it, you could study it for filmmaking because they just they do all the they do so many classic things. You know, like of of, of how they filmed it and the, you know everything. So yeah, I just love it. Um, I you know, as soon as I can. Uh, it's one of my, it's one of, I want to get the cover, you know, tattooed on my arm, the skull with the eyes in it, because it just, it's just, I, I, oh, it's funny as hell, too, like, I, I was, like, watching it, I was, like, I was, like, holy shit, this is wild, but then I laughed at it, too, because it's, like, the demons and, like, his facial expression, how they filmed it, Bruce Campbell's got, like, a great, like, his expressions, uh, how, you know, his acting is, like, it's, it's great character acting, but it's also really funny. Like it's just, it's just, it's unintentionally just very funny. Like it's just, it's it's wild. It's just a different movie. It's like it's a it's a horror slash comedy because and it's way ahead of its time, of you know how they did it and like I don't know. It's just great. I love it. I dig it as well. Um, yeah, Evil Dead Two, big time. Um, so that's number seven. Um, my number seven is, I believe you have this one already, uh, Creep Show, the original Creep Show. Um, it's George A. Romero, one of the greatest horror directors. Love the comic book style direction. Right. Uh, each, each segment, each vignette sort of is like you're turning the page of a comic book. Uh, love the beginning where, uh, this, oh, I forget the name of the actor. 
Um, I should be able to find this pretty quickly, but in the beginning, the family basically is a, a drunk dad. But what do you leave this crap for? Um, he's drunk. He smacks him. Uh, that's Stephen King's son, actually. Oh. Who is the kid that gets smacked in the beginning. Wow. Such cheesy, great special effects. This little skeleton ghost comes to his window and goes, <laughs> yeah. and he looks at him and he smiles. And it's just, it's basically this like, science room if you're like sophomore year science room skeleton um totally funny um but some really totally cool um stories in the first one of course uh, it's my birthday the birthday cake one with the old guy um love that one a young ed harris uh plays the boyfriend of the daughter of the uh, the mother who's basically the inheritor of the fortune of the family fortune. Uh, Ed Harris is fantastic. There's a great scene of him going out to smoke um, on somebody's grave, grave sites. Uh, there's some tremendous actors in this movie. Uh, the second one, of course, is the something about uh, this green virus that spreads from the meteor, meteor shit. It's, uh, Stephen King stars in the second one. Very, very funny. Um, Stephen King, obviously, doesn't think much about uh, kind of redneck America, I'll say, uh, white trash America. Love right. the way he portrays them. Um, the third one is great. It's called Something to Tide You Over. It's got Ted Danson right before he joined uh, Cheers. He's in it. Leslie Nielsen, before he did uh, the airplane movies, wow. is fantastic. He's not playing a comedy role either. He's, playing, he's great, too. Uh, in that short story, something to tie you over, some, a fantastic scene of Ted Danson underwater uh, where the the water is being, he's buried in the sand and the water is, is all the way over his head. And he's, I mean, it's a great scene. Um, very scary. The number four is my absolute favorite. It's called The Crate. And it is one of the most classic short stories I think I've ever heard, and that's about uh, this, the science department of a uh, university gets in this old relic of a crate that ends up to be a monster. And in this one, Hal Holbrook, who I mentioned earlier, is married to uh, Adrian Bardot, who plays this great, loud, drunk wife who embarrasses oh. him in front of all of his friends. Um and basically, uh, he uses the crate to solve a problem, let's say a marital problem that he has. Uh, very, the fourth one, very gory, very scary, very awesome. Completely love it. The fifth one I didn't really like as much. I think that was uh, something about cockroaches. Some guy who's got a, oh, uh, yeah. uh, a fear of uh, germs, something like that. Um, but anyway, animation was really great. Um, loved, we mentioned part two, which is one thing I learned about part two. I loved the scenes in between the short stories with a little Billy character, the creeper who was played by Tom Savini. Um, great special effects. This is, it was, it was a huge hit. It was basically marketed as the best time you'll ever have being scared. And it really is like that. It's one of those horror movies with great stories, great acting, great directing, but it's not super gory. It's not something that like you leave. It's not like the Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre where it's jarring and you leave it and you're like, it, you almost kind of change for a couple of minutes. It really is fun. 
anyway, uh, we mentioned that before. Creep Show. That is my uh, number seven favorite horror movie of the 1980s. Let's move on to number six, DM. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, I have to say Aliens. Um, I thought it was... I wasn't sure if I could put it because I, I, I consider it more of a sci-fi film, but it's pretty. It's got some serious horror. Uh, I like the story. Um, I saw it. My friend's mom took uh, my friend and I, and uh, when I saw it, and it, it was a, I didn't I didn't see Aliens the first one, uh, but this, this was my first uh, introduction into the franchise, and it was pretty good. I. I thought it was fascinating uh, the way it looked and um, the you know I the whole thing with the the xenomorphs and like the the acid blood and uh, the the tiny mouth shit and uh, I loved how uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver was a badass in it. She didn't like scream and yell. She was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna fucking take care of this." And then like I believe, isn't it? Where she goes on a ship and it's a it's a it's a vessel that holds prisoners, right? Uh, no, 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 no. no. Sorry, uh, this one is great. It's one of my favorite. It's the first time I'd ever seen. Uh, uh, well, great cast. Uh, I, I like the third one where there's prisoners. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, the first, the second one's great. Love it because. Uh, just I love the Marines because it was like the first time I'd seen like uh, uh, a, a, a futuristic film, and it's still like it's still like it is now. Like it seems pretty like okay. It's got it's got technology. It's in the future and all this shit, um, and learning about like sleep chambers and all that shit. But the other part of it was. Uh, uh, it introduces uh, corporations and to me and being high, you know, being behind like uh, the government and including in the military. Uh, and uh, it was funny, like it was actually uh, pretty ahead of its time, uh, you know, had a diverse, the Marines were all diverse. Like it was, uh, there was like uh, men, women, it was racially diverse. It was all this, like, experience, you know, new experience to me. Uh, you know, dominant female characters. Uh, one of the female characters could have been, she could have been gay. So, you know, it was like, it was like really cool experience for me as a as a kid and a viewer to, it was a broadened horizon view of it. Uh, but what's the name, Bill um, Paxton? He is awesome in that movie. Uh, the first time I saw him, and the second time was in uh, was in Weird Science. But he is fu- like he's fucking amazing in it because he's just so over the top, and he's like, dude, let's fucking. He's so he's so like gung ho and douchey, and he ends up you know. It, but it's like it's great. Like the 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 tech in it, I was fascinated at, like about the guns because it was so ahead of its time, like. Like, you see in different movies after that, sci-fi movies, like, that's how they would take that design for guns. Uh, they, you know, like, the the planets, when they go to the other planet, it's, un, you know, it's uninhabitable, and it's, like, realistic, where it's, like, you don't know, you can't just go to any planet. It's not, not all planets are going to have oxygen, so they add a little bit of a, like, a little bit of a science truth to it. Um, what else? Um, 
I, I just love it. I thought it was just ahead of its time, and I, I like Sigourney Weaver, and, and uh, I, I just thought it was it was great, and I don't know. I just, yeah, it's great. Like, it's a great great movie. Totally classic. Uh, that's your number six selection, Aliens. Uh, for me, uh, my number six selection is not on anybody's list anywhere. So this, to me, I consider the most underrated horror film of all time. Um, what a tremendous undertaking to actually try to do a sequel to probably the most beloved horror movie of, of all time. Uh, it is directed by Richard Franklin. Uh, the cast is fantastic. It is made in 1983. Psycho 2. Um, again, a movie that I don't hear anybody mention this movie ever. And it is so severely underrated. Starts out, of course, with the end of, of the original Psycho. Goes into um, the beginning of Psycho 2. It, it basically stars Meg Tilly, who's great. She's a sister of Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Um, another actress. Uh, Anthony Perkins is basically he comes back. number one. Well, number one, um, when you talk about the character, yeah, he goes back to uh, goes back to the house after being in a mental facility. But when you talk about Norman Bates, what an incredible, classic horror movie character. And I can't think of a better performance of a classic horror film character than Anthony Perkins. Um, he should have been a much, much bigger star than he was. He actually, for a while, was a big-budget star, but actually constantly went back to Broadway. Um, oh, okay. He was... Yeah, he was all gay. I think that that's, he wrestled with that, and I know that he had a bit of, uh, which made him so great for his character, but his sort of a femininity and his, his really stopped him from being the leading man in a lot of movies, even though he was uh, a great actor. And that's why he constantly went back to Broadway, because there was a little bit more acceptance of that, although I, I'm pretty sure he was in the closet, but uh, who knows, maybe to those around him, maybe one could kind of tell, but right. um, either way, he was so fantastic. Ultimate, ultimate plot twist in this movie. Fantastic plot twist. One of the best plot twists of any horror movies I've ever seen. Huh. So many great, interesting uh, scenes of the Basically, someone is coming back as his mother. The big thing is, is who is his mother? Is it him dressing up again? Is it his real mother? Is it somebody else? So through the whole course of the movie, you're wondering who it is, and it leaves you in suspense for the whole thing. Um, the Again, the, the scenes around the house, fantastic setting for a horror movie. Uh, takes place more in the house as opposed to down in the, in the motel, Bates Motel. By the way, the big difference between a hotel and a motel. Motel opens up to the outside world. A, a hotel opens up to a lobby and a desk. Right. And usually somebody monitoring the room, and there might be a pool and all that kind of stuff, vending machines. Hotel, completely different. Um, by the way, one of the best performances I've ever seen in a horror movie besides Anthony Perkins, Dennis Franz. Uh, if you remember him from NYPD Blue, he, uh, when me and my wife watched this, and to 
all the way to to the end, basically, we would I would do an impersonation of his character in this movie, and she would just completely crack up. Nice. Um, he's taunting Anthony Perkins throughout the film. Hey, psycho! Hey, why don't you come over hey. and kill me, psycho? Hey, I'm here. I'm drunk. I'm I'm coming back to myself. Hey, you right. freak! Hey, freak show! Yeah, he... Come try something, you freak show! It's like you know the guy's gonna gonna spoiler. You know he's gonna die. <laughs> but he is uh, so good in that friggin' movie, and um, I guess that's about all I can say. There's a couple of, of original cast members from the original movie that uh, come back for this movie. Um, but again, it is. I'm not going to give away too much more of the plot. You got to watch it. You have to watch this movie, Psycho Two, 1983. Of course, an unbelievable score, musical score. Can't oh. say enough about it. One of the best horror movies ever made. Period. Wow. The TM, what is your number five? We're into, excuse me, we are into the top five. Right. Guys, you've made it this long. You've got to hear our top five selections, best horror movies in the 1980s. DM, oh. Rocket Ship Universe to Horror Kingdom Heaven. Let's go. What is number five? Uh, Halloween 2. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, just It's just like a continuation. Uh, Michael Myers, you know, it scared me. Um... Uh, just great, great movie. Uh, classic John Carpenter again. Um, fuck, I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was like, it was like in this period, you know, when I started watching these, you know, horror movie, it was like him and Jason, and the, and I was just fascinated how these fucking guys, like, it's not established that they're not supernatural beings. They're just fucking like, there's just the premise, like, they just can't be stopped, and they're fucking huge. Uh, you know, I compare them because it's like, they both have, like, masks. Uh, they both wear, like, full-body suits. Um, they both, like, you know, Michael Myers uses a, a, a culinary knife, like, you know, huge knife. Jason uses a, a primarily a machete um, but they're both like just these giants and it's just unstoppable. But yeah, Michael Myers is fucking scary. It's just a continuation. You get more background, a little more background. Uh, the town is like, you know, he terrorizes the town. Um, it's just a continuation from the first one and it's just uh classic. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I, I didn't have this one on my list, but I probably should have. When I was a kid, I do have to go back and see this movie again. When I was a kid, I loved it, actually, to be honest with you, almost as much as the first one. Um, very scary. Uh, he goes through, I remember when he goes through the hospital to go after Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, some very scary scenes. Um, it was meant to be, of course, the very last Halloween movie. If you see the end, you know why. Uh, so I, again, spoiler, 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 whatever. But, um, I, I looked at the Halloween franchise. I looked at the oh, uh, Friday the 13th franchise. Now, to be honest with you, I think Friday the 13th has many other good movies besides the first one. Right. Halloween, to me, is kind of slim pickings um, after the first one. The second one is very good. Um, I actually liked the third one. They Originally, when they were doing ho uh, Halloween, much like Friday the 13th, they meant for the first one to be the only movie, and what they wanted to do is... Have, especially for Halloween and Friday the 13th, 
on both of those dates. They wanted to release a new movie maybe every year, at least every other year, with a different plot right. and different characters. Only because Friday the 13th was so popular with Jason that they said, we got to bring it back. Right. Um, and again, with Halloween, they, with Halloween 3, they tried this Halloween setup with masks that control kids right. and, and it's... I thought it was pretty good. Uh, actually, technically, is directed by the guy who plays Michael Myers in the first movie. Oh. He ends up being a filmmaker who makes Star, Star, not Star Man. He does The Last Starship Fighter. Oh, wow. The Last Starfighter? Yeah, The Last Starfighter. Nick Castle, I believe, is the guy's name. Um, he did all plenty of other movies besides horror movies, too. But he is a, he is a talent. Um, and, of course, you have part four. They just decided to bring... Jason back, and I think those are okay. They're just yeah. they're not on my list, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I, I do think that uh, I'm gonna go back and watch Halloween two again because I I do think it is a very good um, suspenseful horror movie and Michael Myers classic amazing character. Yep. Um, okay, so we got number five for me. We're getting in the top five. I'm surprised that this movie was was lower on your list because. Um, my top five is almost kind of interchangeable. I almost think this could have been not one. My number one is a clear cut. Nobody's even close. But number two, this could have been number two, just as well as number five on my list. Without a doubt, no other movie on our list even comes close to the beautiful cinematography, the the high up uh, airplane or helicopter shots scenes over the landscapes of beautiful Colorado. We're talking about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining in 1980. Yeah. Um, I think this was an amazing horror movie. I think it was actually probably I think it's considered to be underrated, believe it or not. Oh, wow. These days it's on everyone's list as like the top five whereas back in the day like, people kind of went back and forth. Even Stephen King which I don't agree with, he didn't like it as much but I thought it was amazing uh, not only for the cast Jack Nicholson Shelley Duvall, we know the ending scenes um, and him chasing them around in the snow. The amazing last scene of Jack Nicholson. Um, uh, yeah, we Again, we were talking about a horror movie character and, and the acting job behind it. He is way, way up there. Scatman Crothers, I love that guy. I thought he was amazing in it. Yeah. Um, also, the uh, I want to mention some specific scenes, but the bartender, the guy who he talks to, uh, he plays a drunk, and he goes and gets served by the bartender. Right. And that guy is fantastic. They're talking about a great British actor, just tremendous. You're talking about great scenes. Number one, of course, one of the scariest scenes I think I've ever seen is when as a kid, and I had a big wheel, and I used to go, when we went to hotels, when I was a kid, I used to bring my big wheel and go up and down the different floors with the, uh, with the big wheel, and when he turns around the corner and sees the two little girls, that is... Uh, Without a doubt, one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, the little kid who played uh, whatever his name was, was tremendous. Uh, the scenes, of course, of the blood coming down from the elevator. The scene in the in 213 or whatever room that was, the old woman he thinks he's making out with a beauty queen, ends up to be an old, old woman uh, who was murdered in that room that haunts that room. Um, and the one difference with the book you mentioned, if what was different, uh, I remember the book, some more specific scenes of, of, I think the wife going up to the, the hedge maze, 
uh, which they would talk to her. I think there was like different animals and they, their shapes, the hedge was, the hedges were different shapes of animals and there were things that would talk to her. Um, and some very scary scenes there. Um, let me see what else there was. Uh, of course the, uh, as the kid writes red rum and then the, in the reflection of the mirror, spoiler alert, see that it's, it spells murder backwards. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, the fact that the kid, and by the way, one of the greatest, I love the Simpsons treehouse of horror. Absolutely love it. One of the greatest parodies they've ever done was, uh, as Bart Simpson said, Oh, you mean the shining? And then, so Willie, Willie plays Scatman Crothers in the, in the Simpsons episode. He goes, boy, you've got the shinning. And he says, oh, you mean the shining? And he goes, shh, And it was uh, a nice. great remake of that. Homer goes nuts. All playing no beer makes Homer a, a crazy guy or something like yeah. that. Um, anyway, from beginning to end, unbelievable movie, um, breathtaking uh, cinematography and, and different shots of this amazing uh, old uh, hotel. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, I've seen a DVD copy. I would uh, severely suggest that you watch behind the scenes. As DM mentioned earlier, it's it's a constant back and forth between Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick, and he's like, just do this, do that. She goes, no, I'm not doing it. Then um, she got she actually got it was maybe it was unfair. She got a reputation of being a diva. Oh, uh, they no. would constantly yeah. show scenes of, of Jack Nicholson. He's like rolling his eyebrows, kind of like waiting for her to like get it right. So it was easy for him to get into character. And according to the director, it was very hard for Shelley Duvall to get into character. And she was not playing the terrified wife to his liking. So She's scared. Um, I guess uh, from what I heard is, and this is what you, why you should watch TikTok. Uh, this one person was talking about how he had to like, seriously, like he would literally... Kubrick would like literally, like like, frighten the shit out of her physically, to put her in character to scare her. Like that's why she looks, right. like, you know, in the bathroom. All so I don't know. And he's notorious for also being like one of those kind of directors. Um, well, that's that's actually very common back in the day. Yeah. That they would. Um, that's why method. It's a method directing method. Well. Right. It, the method is called method directing. Yeah. Same way, like in our one of our favorite movies, Midnight Run, how Charles Grodin had plastic handcuffs on, and Robert De Niro, when he went to arrest him, is like, "What are you doing with those?" And he's like, "Oh, what do you mean?" He goes, "These aren't real handcuffs." And he says, "Yeah, I know. The real ones would hurt. They're metal. This is going to be. We're going to be filming this for hour, hours." And he looks at Charles Grodin with a very serious face, and he goes, "Put the real handcuffs on." Oh wow! And Charles Grodin's like, "No, I'm not going to do it." And then basically. He looks at him and he goes, put the handcuffs on. And Grode was like, I couldn't say no. He goes, I thought he might kick me off the set. Right. He goes, he knew he was a lot more important. So I put the real handcuffs on. Huh. And it's, you know, method actors do that where they, to get, you know, to get in that scene where you're going to be that scared. You know, um, Alfred Hitchcock used to do that famously, which he got accused of abuse for it. Yeah. With his, but he was, I think, way on a way different um, mindset than... Yeah, as far as what he did to his actresses was probably semi-criminal. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it looked like it would have been a very hard movie to shoot um, from many different perspectives. So, yeah. all right, so uh, DM, what do you got for your number four greatest horror movie of all We've time? We got four. It's a combination. I'm just gonna I just saved it. Um, 
So my favorite horror movie franchise period is Friday the 13th. Uh, I, I don't like the first one as much. It's okay. The mother, you know, Jason's mother's great, you know, and all that, but it didn't really hit me. Uh, I, I, I have to say, uh, Friday the 13th part five, Friday the 13th part four, Friday the 13th part three, and Friday the 13th part two, uh, just continuous, just like it just, I love how they did it. I love how they filmed it. Uh, the, the scenarios, the, the casting on like all of them, like it, 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 like they, they not only put work into like how they murdered everybody, the scenes, but then it was also like the characters were great. Uh, they all were great and entertaining. It wasn't just one character. It was like, all the victims were interesting. Um, uh, I so the first time I saw it, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, it was part five, and literally like it was the first time I'd seen the the first time I seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie because uh, I was old enough to go and uh, my friend and I went. We're riding our bikes to go to the movie theater, uh, and this there was a car accident, and this old man. I don't know. He was he he was uh, he he spoke a different language, uh, and I know it's because he was talking. But he fucking like, you know. I learned how he had hit his his head uh, on the windshield of a car, and the windshield had a perfect round imprint of his head, and he was on the wow. ground, and he was just talking like nonstop, and it was like he wasn't speaking English. But we're like at the cross, you know, at the cross, uh, the the light, and all I can remember is like we're about to go see a horror movie, and then we see a real serious accident, and so I'll never forget that. Wow. But, but yeah, like, um, uh, I I loved it. Like I, you know, um, I just it was weird. Like I just was like, I just literally it was like the first time I'd seen this, um. And it just, I, I saw Halloween and I thought Halloween was good, but I was blown away by the, by these, these four movies, uh, because it was just like the, the timing, the music was classic. You know, I love the theme song, um, just the way they did it. And I, I didn't, I liked how it was like continuous for two to five. It was just like this continuous thing. Yes. It was ongoing where I lived. And I found this out. There's all throughout the country. There's Crystal Lakes uh, everywhere. Um, where I lived in California, you would drive up, and I believe it's Azusa Canyon in that area where I lived in, in uh, L.A. County. Um, or no, we lived in San Gabriel Valley. Anyway, we used to go to Crystal Lake. My mom would take us, and my friend, you know, my friends. And we'd go up and go fishing and shit. So after I saw that, I thought it was funny. And we'd make jokes that, oh, Jason's going to get you. And it would be like, you know, we were higher elevation. So it'd be a little foggy or, you know, there'd be like mist and all this shit. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like we went, you know, we like I said, we went fishing. There's a small little, like the lake was like, just like in the movie. And there was a little like, there's a couple shops up there. Um, this is before I understand, understood that like, you know, there were like rural areas within where I lived. I didn't, you know, they didn't know that, but it was just, it was great. Like just, 
I love it. I like that's another tattoo I plan on getting is of Jason's mask because it just just classic. Like uh Absolutely. I can't Absolutely. I it just so many different ways they kill you and it's it's like sick, but it's almost humorous how they do it. Like you have the one guy, uh there was a black guy and they use a reference of that scene where I like, do oh, you kill black guys to kill the black characters first. But literally he's taking a shit. And Jason shoves a fucking uh, a big post, sharp uh, post up his ass, comes up. Part five, yeah. Is that part five? And then, uh, you know, and then that other, what did you mention? Was it, was it part four or whatever, like the remake with the special needs guy and, and the redneck mama? Um, oh, that's part five still, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's this, you know, Corey Feldman's great in it. You said Corey Haim too, right? No, just Corey Feldman. There's Corey. He's great in it uh, with the rain and his, the, it's coming off his glasses and shit. And he's like freaked out. He's such a good actor in it. Uh, I mean, there's so many like uh, Kevin Bacon's in it, right? He's in the original. Oh, okay. Never mind. But like they cast, it's like they, they actually took time. And, out, 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 out. Right. Like the casting is amazing. Like they just got like really great actors. It was like they just... It wasn't like some horror movies. It seems like they just get anybody, or they get any actor, and they just throw them in there so they just have a cast. But like this, they took time. Like I just found it interesting. I loved it. Classic. I you know I've loved it my entire life. I even even at some point, and a lot of people hated it, but I like the remake. Uh, I like how they delved a little deeper into Jason, and you know like how they broke down how he could get to places so fast. Um, but I like, but the originals, I like the, how mysterious he is and how quick he is. And like, he's got a tool shed full of like fucking weapons. Um, and just, I don't know, just all of it, man. Like just, you know, he take and he takes all the, it's not just a machete, man. He, he takes, he takes every gardening tool and like turns it into a weapon. Like literally clipper, hedger, you know, hedge clippers, fucking, uh, yeah. uh, what you would call it, the blade, the long, what's that thing called, the engine with the long sickle or something? Right, he does that, like, fucking everything, and it just, you know, turns into a, uh, turns into a situation, but yeah, I just, I loved it, and then, you know, they, and then they start to turn him into, you know, he's a demon, he's, he can't die, but like, yeah, I loved, I loved it all, man, I just, I fucking thought it was great. And some of it's funny. Like, some of the characters are funny. Some of the scripts, like, when they're writing, it was like, they put a little humor in it. And they, I don't know, man. I just, he's my favorite. I, you know, and, yeah. you know, real quick, I noticed, I noticed that Nightmare on Elm Street is not on our list. It isn't? No, I, and I say... I I like the uh, J I like the Jason versus Freddy like movie because I was rooting for Jason because I thought I used to just get annoyed with with Nightmare on Elm Street great great story but I and you know but I just it would bug the fuck out of me because arr, 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 and I was I because I get annoyed with like kill this motherfucker like it just you know um, I just it didn't scare me as well but Jason man like Friday the Thirteenth classic I can't say enough man just. I'm very pleased every time, you know, it scared me, but then it excited me. Uh, and I, you know, I got into the characters. I don't know, man. I just, just, I can't say enough of that shit. So 
I, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm with you. As far as the best horror movie franchise, it, it definitely is Friday the 13th. I like them so much. And guess what? They were on, um, I only get one pay movie channel on my cable package. And they show, they showed Friday the 13th, all of them, all the way up until eight, except wow. for the first one, I think, um, intermittently over the last six months. And I went back and watched them. Fucking loved them. Right now, even after, right. and the one thing I'll give the original, one thing I'll give the original is the ending scene is fantastic. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's the, about the only scene. part I like. And guess what? That wasn't in the original script. Tom Savini, the makeup artist, suggested that as the ending scene, and they went with it. And that ended up to be the reason why they made Friday the 13th with Jason. He was supposed to be a... Uh, he was never supposed to even be seen. Right. He was supposed to be the reason why the mother did it. Right. Part two, I love the evolution of the character of Jason throughout the movies. Part two, the first one you saw him, he didn't have a hockey mask. He was more primitive than the second one. Right. He was more more like a man than anything else in part two. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very, very good. It was a very scary horror movie, a completely hot chick with a Mickey Mouse uh, T-shirt on. It was unbelievable in it. Uh, but uh, he did use a uh, uh, an arrow gun a in part three, a uh, cross. Well, yeah, it's, but it wasn't like it. It was a different kind of one. It wasn't one that arched back. Well, whatever. It was. It was. A, it was a type of a crossbow. Um, but in the second one, he was kind of quicker and more manlike, more primitive. He's agile. Um, I. I love the scene where the sheriff basically goes there and calls everyone a liar and he's leaving Crystal Lake and then Jason runs across the screen, across the street. The sheriff stops and goes into his little, and only in the second one, he had this little hut, this little area that he lived, um, which was basically made up of old, uh, I don't know, parts of cars and parts of like, you know, boats and whatever he can get his hands on. And Jason's, the mother's head was right in the middle. And the sheriff goes in there and he's like, holy shit. And then Jason get, gets him from behind. Um, number three, of course, was a, I, I don't remember, I didn't see it when it came out, but number three was a 3D movie. And I love yeah. the damn, that's one movie, I love the fucking, the intro has this groovy little cheesy disco-esque theme. It took the... It was so fucking cool. Um, and the three was not one of my favorite ones. The three had the gang. They ran into the gang in downtown at the march, went, followed them back to their place. Uh, I mentioned four and five. Five, I think, was the funniest one. I do actually like them all the way up until six. Um, I thought six was still a very good time. Um, it was kind of campy. It's where they, people were playing, um, what is that? Uh, the dark guns out in the woods. Paintball. Paintball out in the woods. And then he kills three of them all at once. Like puts it, like puts a, his hand, I think there's three of them or whatever it was. But six was still pretty good. Seven actually, how do you, when you think about it, you're making this, you get to part seven. What the fuck are you going to do? They're still making movies. And guess what? Uh, they made an entry. It wasn't as good of a movie, but it was still an interesting script. It was basically Carrie versus Jason. She had telekinetic powers. Um, oh, her character wow. was kind of weak, I thought. Yeah. But Part Seven was. It was made to be 
a Kerry versus Jason. They had problems back in the day. You mentioned Freddy versus Jason. That was supposed to happen many years before it did, but they had problems licensing the characters yeah. between the different studios that own the characters. Studios are so, so fucking stupid, man. So part part seven, I think, was, was it wasn't as good as the rest, but it was decent. I like the idea of a girl with telekinetic powers. Part eight, I got to say, I went to see part eight with my cousin. We were in Cape Cod, and he was like, let's go see this. And I was like maybe 15. And we get out, we're like, boy, did that suck. I do have to say, going back and watching it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I still kind of like it okay. Uh, part nine is where it really starts to absolutely completely suck. Like completely suck. Where Jason's like a spirit that gets into different people's bodies. Uh, part ten is him in space. Right. Like holy shit! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, what about the one where? What? Which one is where he goes to New York and he's like, he just. It's like, are you serious? That's, that's eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Right. Uh, like, basically, a parody of the Muppets take Manhattan. Right, but it's like he's walking around. He's murdering, and I know it's New York in the 80s, and it was rough, but damn, it's like he sticks out. But I guess if you're going to do any city, which I don't even know how he gets there, but it's like if you're going to do it, I guess you can you know, go to New York because nobody will like want to deal with you. Yeah. Well, he actually, they wanted to make the whole movie about New York, and I guess they ran out of money because they were, they were limited with their budget back then. So only maybe not even half of it was shot in New York. Uh, it starts out with uh, some wacko way that he comes to life, lightning hits like a piece of metal that's attached to him and it revives him somehow. Right, yeah. And then he actually, what happens is he gets onto a boat where they're having a, a graduation party. Um, and he basically offs people on the boat and the boat was actually docking in New York. So uh, th- that's how he ended up in New York. Um, anyway, I, I still thought it was entertaining the end where big spoiler here where jason actually dies is what they do to cleanse the in new york mm-hmm. the sewer systems to get rid of all the rats they oh. do an acid wash of the entire sewer system and jason happens to be down there and gets dissolved acid basically and i, I guess if there's I do very much like the whole franchise. Um, all right, so that's the. Do you have four movies left? No, man, I'm done. Like, there, I just named them. Like, it just, that's I just put them all together. So let me do my four for one. Are right, you doing that? Well, guess what? Um, you may have been done with yours, but I wasn't done with mine. No, no, yeah, good. So, 1984, uh, West Craven, A Nightmare on Elm Street is my number four movie. Really? Fucking great. <laughs> Um, he actually wrote the movie. It was based off of Cambodian survivors. Wow! Uh, in the 1970s, I believe, who went to America as refugees and had dreams. Their their life was so horrific. They had heart attacks in their dreams. I think. Call from Meow. Was the Freddy Krueger. That it was such a scary, scary real life character who was killing Cambodian refugees after they left uh, the scenes of the killing fields, basically the scenes of the crime uh, when they went to America. What a brilliant uh, premise! Oh, that's script. amazing! And besides, of course, the amazing soundtrack, that very creepy piano riff that is played is is absolutely legendary. 
Uh, I remember when that movie came out, when the first movie came out, of course, that was Johnny Depp in it. Uh, oh, Camp. Uh, yeah, Great Cat. It, and the, when that first movie came out, it really, I think, <clears throat> set a new bar for set a new bar for horror movies. Uh, when you talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween and Friday the 13th, when that came out, I swear to God, there's people that were like, that's the scariest one out of all of them. Huh. And some of the fantastic scene, of course, the, the first girl that gets killed, who's uh, was in Better Off Dead, one of my other favorite 1980s movies with John Cusack. Yeah, that's going to be on our other John list. Cusack, yeah, which is on uh, his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie that he pines for through the rest of it. Uh, she played the first murder victim, and her going around school in a body bag uh, when Heather Landry Camp was dozing off during class. Absolutely classic. Um, let me see what else about that movie. It's just the end of the movie. Yeah. I do very much like uh, Frank Krueger's character. Um, again, though, as far as the horrible franchise, it, they really got weak after uh, the second one had this great first scene. Um, after the first scene, it, it's really for the rest of the movie. I almost put part three on... Hey, man, what are you doing? Oh, I'm in the store. Good, good. Uh, part three is for four years. That's something that actually uh, I thought was a very good uh, movie. I almost put it on the list here. Uh, but I did great theme song, of course, by Doc and Dream Warriors. Uh, I almost got that on the list, but I didn't. And then after that... I'm, Part four or five, I thought was kind of. I'm sure when you saw Doc and do that soundtrack, you were like, "Oh no, I, this is going to be good." Yeah, it was cool. It was. Uh, I love the video, of course. It was Doc and Freddie Krueger in the video. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, that's Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's the first in my list. Uh, this was number three, which was a movie that you had as well. I just had it much higher on my list. I think it's absolutely brilliant, one of the best movies of all time. Talk about how hard it is to make a sequel. It's James Cameron, written and directed. James Cameron, of course, is Titanic, of uh, Terminator, of the of Avatar, made so many great films, uh, Aliens, 1986, one of those badass characters played by Scorch Weaver. The cast is tremendous. You mentioned about the girl that... Uh, was Mexican who was uh, you know, probably gay. In real life, actually, she was Jewish. And it was, um, yeah. It was, like, it was like, how did I, how did I get picked to play this, this character? I don't, I don't know how she, so she tried very hard oh, really? to play the character because the name, I believe, was Gomez or, yeah, or yeah. Andrew, something like that. So like, well, I had to you know, play a little different character. Bill Paxton is beyond classic. We done this. We're done, man. We're dead. We're done, dude. We're done. Keep us on right, man. No mayo. No mayo. And, and actually, one of the greatest parodies I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live back in the day was my favorite cast, which is Dana Carvey, Dennis Miller, John Lovett, uh, Bill Hartman, um, and uh, Victoria Jackson, and this other girl, too, who has since passed away. I, I can't believe I can't remember her name, but she was tremendous. They did this fantastic movie where Carvey plays Bill Paxton, and it was it was so great. Can you hear that? 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talking. Sorry. Good. 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 Uh, and also, too, one of the characters from the Terminator was in Alien. Uh, Michael, I forget his name. He was a great actor. Uh, uh, Michael. 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 Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest lines, of course, is when he goes, uh, uh, they call to the girl. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Anita's, like, texting me, like, I need stuff, and where are you coming home? So. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I apologize, dude. To edit this shit out. I guess I'll just try to keep this little girl in here, but um, the blonde girl, the little girl. Um, and Bill Paxton's having one of his freak out scenes. Oh, we're done. How are we going to Right. Yeah. He convinces her to go. Yeah. I like to see monsters battle monsters. 
Uh, that's that's some of my favorite stuff. Okay, my number two favorite horror movie, and I'm gonna need about ten minutes here to finish this. Okay, up, okay. Because these two are my absolute favorite, and I'm gonna say quite a few things about them. Uh, number two, you do have this in your list. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. You and I have referenced this many times. Uh, Dead by Dawn is the slogan for it. Can't say enough about Evil Dead Part 2 when you talk about combining horror and comedy and just right. the macabre. The macabre, I think, is the best way to describe this. You have a max of like maybe five, six characters. The way that they made this so suspenseful and so great with a max of so few characters is unbelievable. These uh, basically man-made special effects are out of this world, uh, also known as practical special effects, mm -hmm. which does have some claymation with like skeletal bodies moving around and, and uh, the laughing of the moose head on the wall. <laughs> uh, that just shouldn't have cracked me up, man. Oh, God. The lines of him saying groovy after he put the, the chainsaw groovy. on. Uh, it was so fucking amazing. Bruce Campbell's performance was beyond awesome. Uh, him and Sam Raimi make an ultimate combination. Um, the, 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 like you said, too, the scenes where the, the dead are approaching the living, and it r ramps up into the sort of intense uh, music where it's like, oh, 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 and it gets more intense. Uh, as they, it's a sort of like a crescendo type thing as Love it's it. going after the humans. It's a very non-human sound. There's nothing more that angers me more than some sort of beast with a human-like voice. I hate that. <laughs> so, um, the other thing too is like you said, the claymation, it reminds me of the old Sinbad movies that I used to love. Where like Love that guy. Come to life, or Saber Tooth Tiger would come to life. Clash uh, of the Titans, man. It's like classic the Titans, love it, absolutely classic. Love that type of I really super miss that type of special effect. Let me tell you something. I can't stand these days that I see lists of the greatest horror movies and they will have the first Evil Dead ahead of the second one. Ugh, which yeah. is completely twisted and opposite. Even Sam Raimi said, Look, if I ran out of money, because if I had enough money, the second one was the was the Evil Dead movie he meant to make. He just had three times as much money, budget to make yep. that movie. Uh, I remember seeing the theaters with my dad when I was a kid. He was like, wow, that was fucking cool. And he loved it. Um, one of the most intense scenes, um, which was duplicated in the second from the first movie, is when Ash, one of the greatest characters ever created, goes down in the basement... Well, first of all, they talk about the Necronomicon. I love the recordings. I love listening yep. to the backstory of the guy that used to live there and how he got this book from out in the desert in the Middle East, brought it back, and he goes, and he said that he buried his wife in the basement. Now, if you remember, the witch that lives in the basement is the most grotesque, horrific-looking uh, witch that I think I've ever seen, played by Sam Raimi's brother. Nice. Um, we claimed that Henrietta huh. was, was the name of the character, and it was one of the characters get stuck down there <laughs> with, with um, Henrietta, and I'm not going to tell you what happens. It is a magnificent scene. Last thing I'll say about Evil Dead 2 is I fucking love the end, how it sets it up for Army of Darkness, another great movie 
uh, afterwards, which is not as much of a horror movie. It's much more of a, I don't know, like uh, an old uh, Dungeons and Dragons type. It's just fantasy. Here, like, you go some horror to fantasy. Fantasy, totally. Yeah. Total fantasy. Uh, but I loved it. And I again, more of that claymation in, in Army of Darkness. Uh, I saw the remake that came out maybe like 10 years ago, I want to say, the original remake, uh, which fucking sucked. Uh, hated it. Hmm. Uh, it. It didn't retain any any of the good parts of, of these movies. Anyway, uh, Evil Dead Part 2 is my number two oh. movie. Sorry, did you see the no, new one that came out? Like, it's a newer no, one? No, I, wa- I still have to watch that. I heard it's better than that remake from like 10 years ago. It's just, uh, it's getting a lot of, I was really surprised. It's getting a lot of positive reviews. And it's like, it's like he, it's like Sam, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, it's like Sam Raimi now that he's able to get a, a big budget. He's like, I'm going to do this shit for real. And so this is kind of like the full on big, but you know, big budget, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, and uh, it's still it's still got that creepiness of the, the of Evil Dead too, um, and it, but it's it's actually pretty scary like looking. So yeah, well, I definitely got to watch that. Um, I really wish that Sam Raimi. I know he can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, but uh, hey, by the way, too, if you're you can always put your phone on mute if you're doing something. But we don't want the the Oh, we, we don't want it to bleed into like if I can you hear that? Something, yeah, I heard little beeps and stuff. Oh, so man, put your shit. phone on mute if if you're doing something. Okay, I'm gonna do that right now. Uh, then. Okay.
Yeah, I'm here. Um, okay. Well, let me see. I don't know if there's anything else I can say about uh, The Thing. Uh, it was by far my number one uh, movie. And like I said, the more, the more I go on, it's, it's actually one of my top five movies of all time. I've got Jaws in there. I've got The Shawshank Redemption. My favorite is probably Goodfellas. Uh, the Thing, along with maybe uh, Night Shift, 1982, hmm. Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton. Shelly Long, and I do love Midnight Run as well. And uh, that's I another that. one we need to do. We need to do our just. Uh, we can do both, do separate episodes. Um, but I think we should we should do our favorite movie list each person. We could do that. Um, all right. Well, I guess this. Let's see. The, what do we have for a running time list? Holy fucking shit. Yeah, dude. Three hours and 33 right. minutes. We knew this was going to be a long one. That's why I said, how many do you have? And you said 30, and I said 30. I said, look out. There's going to be a very... I originally estimated two hours when we talked about 20 movies each. So 30 movies each. That makes sense. <laughs> um, all right. So that's it for us. Wow. Uh, we are going to go do something. I'm going to get off the phone for a while. I'm sure you are, too. Yeah, man. man. Uh, on behalf of Dirty Mouth Morgan, I am... Uh, Jesus, we are the Master Blast casters. Uh, bringing it to you. We will see you next time. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you.